Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. where I, Kira Bridge-McLean, sit down with some of the most stylish folk that I know and I chat to them about fashion and style and clothes and it's just lovely really. This week's guest is a dear friend of mine, a superb stand-up comedian, it's Stephen Bailey. We recorded this episode in March of 2021 and I was in a tiny room that I... Um, and I really overegged by referring to it as a walk-in wardrobe. And Stephen was at home in Manchester. Now, this is the first ever episode I recorded of the Who You Are In podcast because Stephen and I talk about clothes, fashion, and perception all the time. And I know Stephen is so eloquent and funny, plus I trusted him to try out this daft podcast idea with me. And as usual, he was funny and clever and professional, and it went so well that we decided to make a series. So... If you are listening to this podcast and enjoy it, thank Stephen, um, because he gave me the confidence to do more and more of them. Right, enough of me being a fangirl about my own friend. <laughs> Please enjoy me asking Stephen Bailey, who are you wearing? I think the earliest I remember being interested in fashion is like 11 and 12, and it's because we were in the school uniform in the day. And I really didn't like a school uniform. Do you know, I tried to make that as quirky as I could, even if it was just like <laughs> a little necklace and some jewellery or whatever. Um, Love it. And so that's when I really got into it because I felt like my personality was stripped away by the uniform. But before that, it was whatever my parents put me in. Do you know, like the shell suits and <laughs> whatever it was, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so you, did, you didn't have like a strong sense of style as a kid then. It was just like whatever you were in, you were just in. Exactly. I liked um, when I was in charge and when you could get away with it, which was obviously not for a wandering around the shops, I liked more fancy dress, which is really interesting because I hate that now. But like I really would be like, I remember dressing up as a Dalmatian whenever I could get away with it. <laughs> and it even had a little necklace called Ben. So the Dalmatian version of me was called Ben. Love it. Yeah. But still got a little necklace on as well. A little, little zhuzh to the yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so who was it? Was it was it mum who decided what you wore, or was it dad, or was it a mixture? I I'm not. I mean, you know, we're very working class. There wasn't loads of money, so I think it was whatever they could afford or on sale. That's what you'd mm. be put in, really. But at the time, yeah. I really didn't. It just wasn't what was on my kind of like I say is that I'd rather dress up as a Power Ranger than. So that just wasn't in my eyeline, really, what I was wearing day to day. I didn't really have a strong affinity to clothes at all. It was more like, I want to play this character. Like, I'd feel strong as a Power Ranger, and I'd just feel like... I remember always feeling very comfortable as Ben the Dalmatian. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I really want to ask if you're you're one of those gay guys that has that, you know, the kink where they have like puppy, what are they called? You know, like full puppy I know what they're called. I don't know what they're called, but I've seen them in kebab shops (laughs) and on a Channel 4 documentary. In a kebab shop? Yeah, they just, I think, you know, they were coming to get their meat at the end of the night. And I mean... Whatever you're into, I don't do that, I'm afraid. I think I grew out of it. It's a shame because it, the outfits are very strong. Um, also, the men always have like really amazing bodies, though, that are in these dog outfits. Really? Yeah, they do. I I mean, I'm sure there are others that don't, but the ones I've seen are always like, everything's sat where you imagine it's supposed to be sat. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Would you think that's the case then of like, they've got like the, the face of a dog and that's why it's hidden? And that's why they've gone all out on the body. I I don't know. It is something I'm really, really fascinated in. Is this... Because I don't know what it's supposed to be. Is it because like, they want to like cock their leg to we in public? Is it... I really don't know what it is with them. But, I mean, hey, who am I to judge some of the stuff I've worn? <laughs> uh, well, were you ever made to wear something as a kid that you hated? No, I think my parents were really good in that because, as I mentioned earlier, the Power Ranger outfit, like, they let me be the pink one. Kimberly. Kimberly, yeah. And I loved Kimberly because she did gymnastics. She had the bow and arrow. She had the flying zord, the pterodactyl. And so that was it. But they let me have all that. And then I don't remember ever hating anything. And I really loved, which I brought later in life for a while, um, like when you got to a wedding, they put like an elastic dicky bow on you. Oh, yeah. Like I would wear that in, um, when we got to high school and you had to wear the uniform, I would always replace the tie with the dicky bow until I started getting reprimanded for it. And it was really like, the, the uniform is the goddamn tie. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Yeah. So you, so right, like, there's so much to unpack there. So your little boy, so how old, power, when we're in the Kimberly era, how old are you there? Like So 10, Kimberly nine? era is like, not that tiny, like eight, nine, ten, like junior school. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Dickie Bowes was like, well, I only I barely got away with it for the whole of the first year of high school, but it so definitely the first year. So I guess what's that like twelve mm. is first year? I love that. I love the idea of like firstly like little Stephen being an eight, nine, ten year old in a working class area in a pink Power Ranger like costume, supported by his parents, like living his best life. That feels like a really beautiful scene that you know it, it would have been unusual in the 90s right yeah and i'm not gonna lie to you i know we've had this conversation before but the way i dressed being a and being you know a queer person the way i spoke it i never found it to be an issue until i left the safety of where i grew up like it was only when i got to say 
uni in London when people would comment, be like, is that what you're wearing? Oh, this that's, that's an interesting top. You know, or that, you know, where they get right in your face, go, have you got makeup on? Like, <laughs> so that didn't start happening. So I was always like shocked because it happened to me later in life. Like you'd think you'd start getting the bullying kind of like 13, 14. But I think I got it around like 20 onwards because people just accepted like that's, well, that's Stephen. Like I never had any issues with it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it's, it's one part uplifting. And that was your like experience growing up as a queer kid in a working class area of Manchester. But also it's really sad because you would, the, the, the tedious assumption would be, and in university everyone's educated and liberated. And, and then the fact that you started to, people started to basically like try and clip your wings in your twenties, just such a sad thing to encounter. Yeah. Um, and it's just weird how it affects you because you think it's, you know, all, like all the stories you hear, it's like as a kid. And I'm like, as a 23-year-old, it took ages for me to get, like when I started stand-up, I always started wearing a suit because I just believed as a performer, you should wear a costume. I was always like, if I went to see Girls Aloud and they were in jeans and a t-shirt, <laughs> I'd be seething. <laughs> if I was in something they would wear at the club, I would be mad. And so I always wore a suit, but then it was kind of like knocked out of me because I hadn't earned the right to like wear this Dickie Bowen suit and bronzer. And so then for, then for ages, I just started wearing like my slobs. And I just always remember feeling a bit like, like it just, it wasn't, it didn't feel real. Was there any trend that you as a teenager in particular tried to repeatedly pull off, but it just wasn't happening for you? I could not do so. It's two things. Um, one was, do you remember like Rockports was the big thing, the big shoe, the yes. Rockport shoe. Yeah. I just felt like because people would like tuck their the bottom of their school uniform into the sock, and then you'd wear <laughs> yeah. the Rockport. Now, first of all, my family were poor, so it was we had the like rip off version, the Stockports. <laughs> so first, already you're at a loss. And then I was just like, this tucking your uniform into your sock is not my vibe at all. So I wouldn't do that. So that never quite worked. And then do you remember like 16, 17 when indie was the big thing and all the boys were indie bands and everyone wanted to be the kooks or whatever. And boys were wearing mm. the um, the eyeliner, the black eyeliner. The eyeliner. I just couldn't get it right. I ever went too thick or it was like melting down my face. I, I got that wrong for ages, whereas now <laughs> I've got it. But back then I just could not. Oh, I love that you tried to conquer the guy liner because I I don't think that, because I grew up with that, that, we're the same age. So like that, that black eye on the waterline that we all did, but it, it ran down everyone's face because it just does because that's, that's the shape of eyes. So it was just one of those things. It's like such an unflattering trend that you know is going to look absolutely rubbish in like 20 minutes. And then that's the thing that you grow up with as a teenager and be like, you've got to look flawless and you've got to have this makeup that will immediately run down your face. Yeah. Some people just did it though, you know, but I think those people that did it well, they didn't really have it on. They just had naturally beautiful eyelashes i love that conspiracy but it's not true <laughs> it's oh, not true don't. i think some people <laughs> and the other thing <laughs> while we're talking about what i couldn't pull off there was so many things um the do you remember, like just the buzz cut all over i used to have a number two all over because i used to hate my curls so i'd have a number two all over but i had like 
I hadn't grown into my ears or nose at this point. So it was just too much going on. And <laughs> obviously it didn't reflect my personality. Like all the kids that were like smoking weed and going on the rob at the weekend, they can pull that off. <laughs> But I couldn't. Oh, I just see, like, again, little, like, Stephen with his shaved head trying to be one of those boys, but but having a beautiful heart full of, like, red head, red head curls. Like, that's know, the real Stephen inside. That was it. And it took me... And, and it was... I always remember... I'll tell you the first time I realised I was different to, like, all the lads at school... We all went into town one day and everyone was buying a CD from HMV. That shows my age. And um, all the boys brought Eminem, the real Slim Shady, you know, his first single. Mm -hmm. And I bought Bewitched Blame It on the Weatherman. (laughs) Not even joking. And I really, that was the first time I was like, something's amiss here. (laughs) And um, do you stand by your decision? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Um, the trends. Did did you find a trend that fitted you as a big as a teenager? Because the big trends, you're right. When we were growing up, were there was everyone went through the emo phase, and then there was like the indie phase. Was there one of those? On oh, before that, there was like the Adidas Popper phase, where it was quite like the the you know like it was the Rockports and it was the town kind of where what I would say townies growing up in the countryside is what we used to call them. Um, but everyone wanted to dress like that. It was sportswear basically. So what, you know, what were your big trends? Is there any that you were like, yes, I love this one? Nope, I, I miss them all. Like l- literally, I know what you're talking about with the popper, like the popper tracksuits. I would be, I've got a picture. I'll, I must, I'll send it you after we've done this, where it's everyone else. So I'm out on the streets drinking underage, being a lad. <laughs> and everyone else is in what you're talking about here. And I am still in, jeans a nice shoe and a shirt (laughs) on the streets Kiri we were going to the park to drink (laughs) I love that you've still got like you know like a a dad at uh, the night to of a wedding (laughs) (laughs) and it really was like a dad jean as well do you know because it was like that point in time skinny jeans weren't a thing so it was that like proper dad burton's menswear jean yeah yeah. bootleg god the bootlegs really hung around for a long time didn't they I think they still are. We, we've got a generation that needs to die off and then we're fine. Yeah, no, the Simon Cowles, they never let go of the bootleg. Oof. When you were a teenager, did you have, did you go through like a rebellious stage with, and did it, did it show in your style or were you, were you quite straight laced? <laughs> well, I was, I was a bit of a goody two shoes, to be honest. And I think it's because I had so much other stuff going on being like, why do I fancy Daniel in PE and trying to figure all that out? That it was like, just crack on with your... And also, I just... I think because I didn't really fit in with the boys and I wasn't one of the girls. And so and how that came about in school was obviously it's like I wasn't allowed to girls sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to girls PE. Girls after, you know, it was still very much gender assigned like clubs and stuff back then I don't know if it is now but um because of that so it was like I didn't really fall in with the boys so it's like it was fine for a PE session or to hang around the playground Uh, but then as well with the girls like I say there was these restrictions because obviously every boy and girl will sleep together if we allow it so I found this thing where it was like it, it just pushed me more to schoolwork and then because I was becoming a bit antisocial 
my dad made me he was like right you need to do something join something that you enjoy da, da, da. and we all thought it was going to be drama but it was taekwondo <laughs> and <laughs> that was like one of the best things that could have happened to me because because i was like 14 15 i was almost too old for the kids in the kids club because they were all like seven eight nine and i was really too young for the adults but they were like you know you're tall you're like let's put you with the adults and we'll team you up with you know people of a similar size which tended to be women and but because we all got on in this club like I was hanging around with these people that were like 20 21 22 who were accepting me as I am and then that just meant I came out of my shell a bit more so I was so I always felt like I kind of got that classy dress sense quite early on, you know, because I was going to a lot of do's, a lot of taekwondo <laughs> do's. So I was always in a nice shirt and the jean again in the shoe. Um, and so I think that gave me like this level of maturity that made me not rebel. Mm. I love that when I've asked you about like outfits that, that relate to your rebellious phase, it's a taekwondo suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, still... if anything, it was when they tried to make me pull off the yellow bell. I was like, I need to get onto the next belt really quick. Yellow does not suit me. <laughs> and it's still a suit as well, which is classic Steve and Bailey. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I remember once being like, oh, I might wear one on stage. I might wear the suit on stage with like a shirt and a dicky bow underneath. That'd be fun. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. think of you now and your style so like if I close my eyes I would think of like it's a suit there's a dicky bow there's pastel colors or bright colors but there's a lightness to it and like a funness I think there's loads of fun to the way that you dress and and what age do you think you're because you, you said you didn't think about it at all when you were a little kid so what age did you feel like your style started showing I think, honestly, it was like when you got to college, because I think, you know, we have the school uniform, which I actually think, in hindsight, is a good thing just because of people's different financial situations. Yeah. But um, I, it really was like getting to college because I was like, well, you've got to think about what you're going to wear. Like, and, I, and it was like, and what do you wear and what makes you feel good? And honestly, I'd say those two years of college there was not a style. Like I tried everything. Like on my um, 18th birthday, I had like this gorgeous like pink, I wish I still had it, um, like a pink shirt that had like white floral things on it. And then I wore black braces and I had like a patterned trouser and I dyed my hair. I was going through a stage as well being like, cause obviously everyone took the mick out of gingers. And so I was like, well, what do you do? And then, I found Lindsay Lohan when she was an angel and a Disney princess. And I was like, well, she's trying different things. So I kind of always was like, well, what's she doing? Because that, if it suits her, it should suit my complexion. So I met, mm. so at this time as well, like I did, like I went like a nice warm brown, but then I had like a few sharp, similar to you, Kiri, actually, like a sharp blonde, a few blonde, but like thick bits through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when I really started experimenting and then it was really like when I got to uni I was like 
I want to always be presenting me. And I remember going up for my first outfit, my first day of uni. And once again, it was like a woolen checkered trouser, um, a nice brogue. And then it was just a simple t-shirt, but like a polo t-shirt. So it was like quite smart, but it had character. Um, so that was it. But then also I was like the only one who would go on a uni night out wearing a suit. So I'd wear, because I just always, I wanted to be like, I went through a classy stage. Like I was like, oh, I just want to present myself as classy and demure. Classy and demure. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Do you think of, um, you know, when you're putting together an outfit, do you think mm-hmm. of makeup as a part of your outfit or is that a separate thing? See, that really depends on the day. Like I always wear makeup on stage because I do think if you're putting on a show, for me, it just feels respectful, like to put on a bit of makeup and, you know, that's when I'll really do a bit of contouring, a nice little eye. Um, and I'm one of those people where it's like, I like to put a lot of makeup on to give you a face, but I want people to almost be like, is he wearing makeup? Like, I don't want it to be like drag, for example. I just want it to like mm-hmm. cover any imperfections. But um, if I'm going for a nice meal, gay dancing, <laughs> um, or like on a show, I'll put makeup on. If it's like, we just meet him for a coffee, it's just about the outfit, but I will wear a bit of tinted moisture, yeah. And how, like, what's your your journey with makeup, I think, is, is interesting as well, because it's, I think it's so great that you talk openly about it, and it's, it's such, it's a weird thing that, like, everyone you see on the television like gay straight whatever is wearing makeup it's part of the job um and it's so weird that straight men don't talk about having you know like sports players who go on and do punditry are in makeup and it's like this weird hidden thing and i think if people spoke about it more it would destigmatize makeup because makeup shouldn't be gendered and it should be fun do you see it as being fun yet or do you still carry some of the stigma are you are you aware of people like you were saying that people in uni being like are you getting in your face and being like are you wearing makeup yeah no I definitely have fun with it now um and I love trying all different kind of makeups um I love um I went through a stage of trying a really nice blusher which was different for me um so I really and it just made me look like a little doll and I really look do you know when you're like eyeing yourself up be like gorgeous (laughs) i was really doing that i must get some of that again um so yeah so i really have the fun with it the difficulty i have with it is buying it really and obviously in our jobs going into a makeup room for a tv show Mm. it's really awkward like you have i I still get a bit awkward with because what will happen is you get your schedule for your tv show if you're doing it and it's almost like makeup time and for a a boy, it's like, it's, it's always like five minutes quick powder, check your hairs in place. And then with the the girls, um, I don't know if it exactly happens this way, but there seems to be more of a conversation. So I have seen it on call sheets where it's like, you know, someone might have an hour, mm. someone might have 20 minutes. Usually, yeah. my experience is you get at least 45 minutes and when you sit in the chair, they go, right, what do you like? And I don't see that conversation happening with men. Does it happen with you? No. So I really have to, I always have to, I mean, luckily I've got a gaugeant. And so it's very, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier to talk to him. And so I have to be like, he's like, they've assigned no time for makeup. And I'll be like, well, can they please? Like, it's really, and it's that awkward conversation being like, well, how long do you need? And it's like, 
Well, I don't really know because even to this day when I've been doing TV for like four years now, it's still... <laughs> I don't know because I still get whatever's left over. Do you know, I always feel a bit rushed. And then it's like going in and going... I like to have on a lot because essentially I like to be contoured. I like you to show off my cheekbones, which need to be drawn in. But then I have like, I like a bit of eye makeup and an eyelash to make my eyes pop. But at the same time, I don't want it to look like I've got heavy makeup on. And that is yeah. like feasible. And I, I found a makeup artist called Nicole Fairfield, who's brilliant. And she was, I spoke to her about it and my insecurities about it. She came over to my house one day and we just did it until I liked it and then in the post she sent me all the products so I could learn to do it myself should I ever need to and that was brilliant and she didn't charge me a thing for it because just like this conversation now she was like of course it's just not thought about it's like a quick powder and off you go um but also at the same time I'm not at a level of success yet where I can just go I'd like Nicole Fairfield on every job please which I can't <laughs> wait to get to because then I'll just be like babe you know what to do. Whereas at this (laughs) stage, and whenever I've tried to explain it, I feel a bit embarrassed or like I'm taking up people's time because they're thinking, well, I've got to do, insert name of woman next. Like I've got to do this person, I've got to do that person. And so you're like, oh God, like, uh." and there's been some times when I've arrived on a set and there's been no makeup time allocated to me not because I think they just think, oh, we'll just do a quick powder at the side of it. And then you have to have this awkward conversation or you don't get it. And then you just feel bad, like what you're putting out there because it doesn't feel sincere. And obviously you don't want to look like a diva. So I, I, I find that very difficult because I do think, I don't know if the, I don't know if it's a stigma of men in makeup or I don't know if it's just something we've got to change, but it, it feels weird. And I even feel weird. Like when you go to the makeup counter in a store to find you know, to try something new or be like, oh, I fancy having a little mm. go of that. And you're rubbing it on your hands. And I get that vibe going, do you think I'm going to steal? Because they never step up and go, what are you looking for? Can I help you? What mm. you're, what you, what you're trying to find? They, they just hover. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm too embarrassed to ask because of how they're reacting to it. Do you know why? It's because you look too much like Lindsay Lohan and I think she went through a stage of stealing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. I feel like Lindsay's in. Have you got a bit of clothing that's quite... I always think of you as well. I don't see you in necessarily vintage in my head. Um, I, I see you in, like, really on trend on brand stuff. But do you have, like, an older item of clothing that you've had for ages that you love? I have, uh, like, my mum's, it's faux sheepskin, uh, but I always call it the fur coat, but it is faux. But it's, like, her faux coat from the late 70s, early 80s, and it was her mum's, and I wear it when I do slebs on the farm, and it's cold outside, and it's just got, like, it is so regal, I can't even tell. I think it's the poshest thing anyone in my family has ever owned, and it's, like, I remember because it went from my gran to my mum and my mum was always like I'm going to give this to your sister and I remember having a word for be like listen we need to talk about this whole gender thing because I'm going to wear that and get so much more joy out of it than my sister I've seen you in it I've seen you on the on celebs on the farm and you look great in it I'd like to me I thought that was like yeah I thought that was 
something you bought recently because it's it's such a good cut on it as well that it is timeless like it'll always look great yeah and i it, the series just gone was the first series i wore it on slabs on the farm and i was so scared because it was like i don't want to ruin it and obviously i'm surrounded by pig shit <laughs> but that definitely and i've got some things like that i bought i love a market and an independent vendor so I remember like when I first moved to London and discovered Camden Market. Because I remember for like months when I first moved to London, be like, I'm not going to Camden Market. Because I thought it was all like gothic and rocky and just the antithesis of me. And then I remember just going one day, I think it was for food. And um, I just found this store. And that's when I found this cape. And I was like, if anyone can wear a cape. I'm going to wear a goddamn cape. And so I bought this cape and I loved it. And it was it was quite expensive. And it was everything there they only had a couple of. And they, they made them. And then I also went back another time because I was like, I'm going to buy two of these capes because I know I'm going to want them. But I went back and they wasn't, they wasn't there anymore. And then I found it was like a sailor t-shirt. You know, with like the white flap at the back and everything. Yeah. And then the anchor was like, you would have loved it. It was like gold, kind of glittery, sequiny vibes. And I remember this was like me at my best in fashion, but also it was like at the worst time because this is when people started to comment because back then as well, I had a proper job. And so I'd go in in the sailor t-shirt, even though it was a job where you could wear what you want and it wasn't a formal job. And people would be like, are you wearing a sailor's top? And I'd be like, yeah. And then they'd comment it a bit like then the days you weren't wearing it, they'd be like, Oh, you know, in the sailor's top today. Do you know little things like that? And it seeps in. I didn't realise how much it seeped in. But all of a sudden, you're no longer wearing the sailor top. You're no longer wearing the cape. And I was like, this is me at my best. Because I feel like, you know, I used... When I moved to London, I was like, I'm going to live my best Carrie Bradshaw life. (laughs) And then I was like, you're killing my inner Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it, that you have those items of clothing that make you feel like you're most you? Because that's what I think clothes can do. They can make you feel like you're most you. And sometimes the you that you want to be that you aren't quite there yet. And it's so sad that people just feel the need to pass comment in any way. You know, like, whether they think they're being like, what? I'm just saying, I couldn't pull off something like that. But you're like... Yeah, but now you're suggesting there's something to pull off. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. and it just makes you f- it, it brings an an element of insecurity in into a conversation you were never having with yourself and it's it's what other people put on. That's I mean that's so sad because also like to paint the picture your job was like it it wasn't not that it would have been a problem if you were but you weren't in an office. Do you know what I mean? Like you you weren't in a, you weren't a lawyer coming in in a little sailor's thing <laughs> being like right I'm here to talk to you about your divorce. It was the world of showbiz again where there should be like ultimate tolerance right yeah it was behind the scenes in tv and like i had some people don't get me wrong that completely empowered me like when you're in a studio for example and you're working on the crew or on production you wear studio blacks so that means you don't if you get caught on camera it doesn't really matter and people would always laugh at me because my studio blacks was actually it it was a vintage stella mccartney sequined black t-shirt and then I just worked with jeans and a boot and I was like I am following the rules and they would take the mick out of me all the time and that one I could laugh with because I was like I know 
that one was fine because I was like, <laughs> I know it's supposed to be like plain black, but come on. If I've got to be here for 14 hours, I've got to have some joy. Um, <laughs> but that was more, I got like, that felt more like banter, like where more people like like you say is be like, oh, I couldn't pull that off. And I'm always like, that's a sly remark. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And there is a difference, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it's so, because also people can say things innocently and not know how hard people have had to fight with their own image to get to the point where they're wearing that item and you can send people 18 months back in their head just by making a comment. Yeah, definitely. I... And I remember like, um, I was, I just moved agents for the 96th time and um, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it like a showcase, right? And I was like, you're doing a showcase, it's full of TV people, obviously you're going to bring like the razzle dazzle. So I had like this burn orange, like you say, I, I like a fun suit. Um, and by the way, I would never wear this at a wedding, that is someone else's time. So I do go quite plain Jane at a wedding, like a grey or a navy blue, just FYI. But for this, I was like, this is like my mm. wedding. So I wore a burn, it was like burnt orange with a white um a white shirt and then it was a an oversized black velvet dicky bow everything about it was quite fabulous and the show went amazing and at the time it was when extra factor was airing and they were coming to see me about booking a guest because they were having comedians on each episode as guests and they were like they wouldn't book me and i was shocked because the gig couldn't have gone any better mm. like do you know when you go like there's times when you walk when you go I've got that job and there's times when you walk when you go I've not got that job yeah and it was definitely one of those where I was walked away being like I'd love to know the excuse if they don't book me because yeah. there's no reason to not book me mm-hmm. and the reason I dressed a bit too old for that show and I, the thing that hit me in the heart with that was like, the the person who said that was someone who was like a, a really good friend of a really good friend. So I'd met her at birthday parties. I'd laugh at her. She was no, by no means my friend. She didn't owe me anything. But I just thought, first of all, you've seen loads of different looks on me. And second of all, yeah, that is a stupid reason not to book someone. Because at the time as well, I was like 28. So it's like, it's not that old, sweetheart. And then um, <laughs> and then also, I was like, but you can change an outfit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's so much, that's such a benign reason. Like, if someone's been really funny and smashed it and go, well, we loved all that. It's just, we don't like what they're wearing. It's like the one thing you can definitely change. Yeah. Oh, and God, I, I, so I have got to the point now, now I'm a bit more confident in myself of going, you're bad at your job. This is no reflection on me. Because if you're booking people because they wear what you deem to be that show, well, let me tell you something. That show doesn't exist anymore. I'm still around getting work. So it's like, I felt like, well, that says a lot about you more than it does me. But at the time I didn't, I was like, this is so, because I also felt like, you know, I do a lot of inappropriate material. At least use that. Like you could really say he did so many dick jokes. That is not appropriate for this show. You know, Danny Minogue does not want to hear a dick joke, but I know she does. But that's what you could have said. Yeah. Well, I I think over the years we've had a lot of conversations 
about what you wear and advice you've been given. And I think in times when, you know, when work hasn't been as plentiful as it is for you now, and also when we're finding ourselves you find your voice on stage and then you have to find it on television i think you've let people's critiques like you know change the way that you look like i've seen your style evolve and move back like does that feel fair to say that i think that's entirely fair i think you know from when i started i came out the best dressed open spot the comedy scene had ever seen i i think that's fair to say and then it was whether it's an agent, a TV producer, other comedians about knowing your place that pushes you back. And there's only so much you can hear where you go. And obviously you're looking at your bank balance going, well, if this isn't, if this is why I'm not working, I need to change. And then I went through this stage of just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt like every other white boy in comedy. And I just, (laughs) I remember feeling like not me do you know just like this is not Mm. the show I want to put on and I and I think that was the big issue I felt like I don't feel like I'm putting on a show I feel like we've gone for a brunch hungover if it was a brunch where I wasn't hungover I'd be dressed up but this is something where it's like just put jeans and t-shirt on like that's what it felt like um and so then and I I genuinely think it was when I started to when Catherine Ryan invited me to tour support her, I feel like that, A, changed my career because it got people to pay attention of go, oh, this is a serious comedian if he can do gigs with her. But also being with Catherine, who is so fashionable and so into her look and putting on a costume almost, I was like, mm. it almost felt like he gave me permission back. But then I felt like, oh, you're trying to figure it out again and be, you know, what do you want to do? And then I... And it being with Catherine more and more over that tour, I was like, Catherine doesn't have a specific look. She just looks great. And I was like, mm. oh, I can do that. I don't have to always be in the Dickie Bowen suits, but I can be when I want to be. But at the same time, like, I like to shop in... I, f- I don't even know how to articulate this at this point because I, I really don't think we're there when it comes to fashion yet. Of being like, because there are clothes that are in the boys section and there are clothes that are in the girls section and obviously no one can see me do my speech packs but it's like (laughs) I think clothes are just clothes and so I wander around and you know whatever catches my eye catches my eye and sometimes it's not even I think people think like the um kind of the stuff I get that's more women's wear is going to be like sparkly but sometimes it's such just a simple top like this that I just Mm. like the fit and I like the neck of yeah totally when I feel at my best and my happiest and my most comfortable and my most confident is when I do have a mixture of the two so like my Mm. I love very similar to RuPaul I love like a suit but where it's got like a what is deemed a female blouse yeah under it but that's like that to me is someone being artistic and expressive and going this is what fashion's telling me and i'm going to take those bits that i like and i'm going to be steven in fashion i'm not just letting fashion wear me you're wearing it yourself i think that shows really strong style and it works the other way is like i will go and buy like trackies are better in men's 
like departments they're just better like because they're not trying to make you look sexy they are just trackies um and like shirts as well i'll buy men's shirts tend to fit me weirdly better um but then yes it doesn't it's so weird that it's it seemed to be odd it, if the traffic goes the other way in terms of if a man was just sort of perusing women's wear people would be would make the assumption they were shopping for a partner yeah a hundred percent and even the the hardest thing for me to figure out was sizing what size am I in mm. women's? Because obviously I don't have breasts. Like we have natural different body shapes. So it was trying to get that shape right of like what works my mm. shoulders, what works my bosoms. And what what size are you, babes? I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> She's a size 14 and proud of her curvatures. Yes, please. That's, um, that's always my target size and I fluctuate uh, above it. And then sometimes if I'm, well, if I'm, I'll let you into a little secret for my diet. If I'm sad, <laughs> I'll go to a 12 to 14. <laughs> never when I'm happy, never when I'm happy. And did you, I think at some point you worked with a stylist, right? Yes, I have worked with a stylist. Um, so I've, I've worked with like, I definitely, when was it? When I started making money, really. 2018, <laughs> <laughs> 2018, 2019, I started working with this guy called Joe. And I was like, I don't have a specific, I want to feel comfortable. I want to look good. And I don't want someone in the audience to be able to be wearing what I'm wearing. And that was kind of his job was to pull all that. And we went through loads of stages and some worked and some didn't. And some, like I would say, I mean, my Comedy Central special was a grey outfit, but I forgot to put in. And Joe did give me them me, but I forgot to put them in. <laughs> Those, do you know, I don't know what they're called, but they're like the pads for your arms so you don't get sweat patches. Oh, well, sanitary towels people use, don't they? Yeah, but there's, like, we got the actual ones that are meant... So they kind of, like, it's got, like, double-sided sticky tape, so it sticks in onto your clothes. So we got those, and I'm there dripping, because, well, you did the same records where it was so hot in that yeah. bloody room, and it was dripping, and then I got back, and I was covered in sweat patches, and I was like, oh... God, and it's always the thing. So now I never forget my, we'll call them sanitary towels. I never forget my sanitary towels. Um, <laughs> and when I'm feeling a bit more expressive, I've got this amazing friend called Denny um, and they're non-binary and they have the best fashion. I've known them for about, what, 11 years now. And um, they're incredible. And they get what I mean when it's like, I want to be... You know, I just want to add a little flair or a little flavour to something. And yeah, they're at Style by Denny and they're just absolutely... I mean, I think I'm artistic, but they they are a piece of art. It's incredible. Oh, great. That's so good. And, and just the idea as well of, of what you're saying. I, I totally agree. So, a, a comedian, um, like a headliner when I started out, was talking about what I wear and stuff in a, in a nice way and was saying, uh, it's in, I, he's, he said, I think it's important for an audience that we don't look like them, that we look like someone you've paid money to see a ticket for. So if you look like the person who sat next to them, 
you know, like in the sea. It's it's less, I guess, spectacular. It for most people, for some people, you know, an every man charm is exactly what you want, but your jeans should and I guess some of it's about cost, but like if you're gonna wear jeans, you wear a really nice cut of jeans that fit you. You don't, you know, just it's whatever's on sale in Sainsbury's, whether it fits you or not. Like it's that thing of looking like almost like otherly, like looking like a star, I guess. And and clothes can really help with that, can't they? Yeah, and I think whoever that was, I think that is great advice because it's like if you think someone's just walked out of the audience, and let's face it, in some venues we really have. The- <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's like, if you feel like that, I I think there's almost... I've never had issues, to be honest, from... I've had issues about just these straight men that are uncomfortable with a gay man. But I don't think it's had anything to do with my outfit. If anything, sometimes I think the outfits helped people get on board quicker. I really do. Yeah, well, do you think that about when you walk out on stage? And because I think that, yeah, like I say, you're very stylish and and not in, afraid to in like embrace femme fashion. That people, it does it give people a shorthand. They don't have to like they're already probably going. Oh, I think he might be gay. And then you start speaking and and like go. Oh, I I think he I think he's gay. Do you know what I mean? And so they're not going because some audiences are going. Are they, aren't they? And and they find it distracting because people find it so... I mean, that's some of the conversation around people who are non-binary is that people want easy boxes and non-binary is saying, oh, no, no, I'm I'm, I'm not part of the boxes, which is why I think some people struggle. Um, so do you think your fashion helps you out on stage in that way? Do you know what I think it does? I think it says... I think it confirms what you're going to get from this next act. Do you know what I mean? I think you know you're going to get something maybe a bit smutty, a bit cheeky, a bit sassy, a bit pop cultured. Like, I don't think you're going to hear me talking about Brexit, do you know? And I think it, I think that <laughs> settles in their brain. I do think I still have to do the things like, do you know, like, I know some of my friends who are women um, who are like, you know, first of all, you've got to prove you're funny before you can just be funny. I still feel like I have to do that a little bit, being like, right. I don't want to fuck any of you. Because <laughs> I do. I, I would love the ego of some of these straight white men that are missing a tooth in Coventry that think you want to shag them. And it's like, so I, th- I, I, I feel like I have to have a different way of doing that joke every time I go on tour of going, I don't want any of you. <laughs> and there's got to be dick jokes. And I do it different every year, but I do feel like for the first couple of minutes, I have to set out my stall. Mm. So interesting, so interesting. Because yeah, I guess you're using your fashion as well as it is another tool that you use. That you, do you know? The first time I saw you, you were oh, wearing yeah. um, jeans and a smart shoe, and a t-shirt you'd made yourself that said "The Gay After Tomorrow." Yeah, I did go through a stage of that where I was like, I had loads of different ones, and um, I had Homo and Away, the Stephen Bailey soap opera. And this was when I'd been a bit like battered by it all and was like, right, I'm going to wear jeans and a T-shirt. And I was like, I'm going to wear T-shirts on my terms. And I got loads printed at Affleck's Palace. I went in and I just gave this guy this list of all these like different like kind of gay puns. 
I love that you're like, I'm just going to wear jeans and a T-shirt. And, the, and then the first time I'm like, I remember you. And the T-shirt had the gay after tomorrow emblazoned across it. And you're like, yeah, that's me in jeans and a T-shirt, babe. Yeah. And there was the gay after tomorrow. There was a uh, homo underway, the Stephen Bailey soap opera. There was um, homo alone because I was single at the time. Um, <laughs> there was so many. <laughs> oh, I love it. Have you still got any of them? No, because even I found that quite embarrassing. Like, um, <laughs> it was it was just, I just thought, oh, maybe some people will show interest and I'll sell them as merch in Edinburgh. No one gave a shit. It's a really sweet idea. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think that shows someone who's thinking about like branding and thinking about what they are to the world and what their audience will want from them and now you have your audience yes you didn't when you were on stage at beat the frog doing eight minutes but now you have your audience they're absolutely the kind of people who would buy a t-shirt saying homo alone on it like for the single gays they absolutely are you just you cottoned onto something you just didn't have the audience for it yet i just didn't have the audience and i didn't have the confidence because i do think there was just a lot of like judgment around it and it, it took me a really long time to go Oh, really? I really don't care what that producer at Extra Factor thinks. You know, like it took me ages mm. to get there. Whereas now I'm like, yes, if I did it, I would sell crowns, I would sell dicky bows, <laughs> and I would do the t-shirts. But I'd probably do them a bit more classy than I did back then. Like I really did it in your face. Whereas I think I would do it a bit more. I'd do it a bit more classy where people have to li- like, like the way people lean and go, have you got makeup on? That's what I want them to do with a t-shirt is like, does that say homo alone? <laughs> you should get ones with just a little bit of embroidery on the breast that says, are you wearing makeup? That would sell. That's a really good idea. And the, the gay slogan ones, the gay puns, I'd love to get that on silk pajamas. <gasps> yeah. Well, sign me up. I'll absolutely You'd wear them. have yeah. a pair of homo alones. <laughs> Yeah. Is there, um, in terms of like history and fashion, is there an era that you, because I always think of you in, in like suits and dicky bows, which I guess is a bit sort of like tw- 20s, I guess. But is there like an era of that you were like, oh, I, I love that just for the fashion? Because obviously, if we go back in history, there's nearly never a time for, for you to be gay and safe. <laughs> yeah. So let's remove that part from it. <laughs> I kind of look, I mean, cause for men throughout time, I always think, I think 20s is spot on. And also like the 40s, do you know? I feel like get me in like a nice 40s suit, trilb. And do you know, I know this was mainly for the ladies, but hello, we're taking me to the 40s. You know, like the cigarette that Bette Lynch had but for the, the holder, holders, the cigarette yes, holder. That. of course. And that's me again combining the feminine and the masculine. Yeah. I could also see you in um, the 70s, you know, where men were very, you know, they wore the, uh, the loads of bold colours, loads of bold prints and would often wear like really soft scarves, you know, like silk scarves and had really gorgeous long hair. Like I think the men in the 70s were really quite fabulous. Like, I Well, I think there. some were and I thought oh, some look rotten. Um, <laughs> but I think you're right about the... <laughs> I do. For for me, some of that was like, oh, it was. I think it's that must have been the time where it the the saying about the nan's curtains came from <laughs> about you wearing nan's curtains. But there is some of it where it's like, no, I'm totally because I used to um wear. So when I used to let my curls go a bit longer, and I'd put like a scarf in and come like like that, that come down. Um, I did that during uni. I wouldn't do it as much now. Um. 
mainly because I don't really think I was pulling it off. I think it's a lovely idea, and I think if you've got the right face shape and your curl, like Eal from Love Island could definitely pull that <laughs> off. Um, is there, is there, if you've got a bit of clothing you, you put on and you just feel amazing straight away, that you're like, I can whack that on and I'll just feel great? A suit, a simple black suit, and then that on its own, I know I could wear with anything and just feel great because I feel like you can really wear a simple black suit with like a t-shirt and a trainer and go out and have like an amazing power brunch but at the same time slip on a brogue and like a nice pussy bow blouse and I could walk straight onto the stage but just whenever I put on a suit um, I really feel like ready to seize the day. I feel really powerful in it I love that because I don't. I'm. I've got someone making me a suit at the moment because because I've got big knockers and a big bum, and I'm sure I, suits are just way off for me. So the, if I want something and I need it to fit, I, I get someone to make it for me. So I've got someone making me a, a like a seventies like power suit, oh, and man, I'm great. excited. So we hearing you talk about suits, then I'm like, I want my suit. I can't wait for there it. There is something. <laughs> I mean, I've quoted RuPaul too much in this, but he's always like, dress for the job you want, dress for like the money you want. And I do think there is something in it. Like, I feel like when, when I let everyone get in my head and um, when I let everyone get in my head and so I stepped away from the suits and I stepped away from the dicky bows and I stepped away from all that, I I didn't feel very powerful and good stuff wasn't happening like for me work-wise and financially the minute I refound my style and like that cape I used to wear that cape I told you about that I found on Camden Market once I wore that with a suit so I got these black suit pants and this was like maroon so I'd wear that and then I'd get I had like a cropped blazer so it would come full length in the arms but cropped there so you could see the bottom of the cape pop out I have never felt more powerful and once I'd got that back on, I really started to feel like, right, the gigs are going great. And I got that for Catherine's, the first tour Catherine invited me on. And I, the, these gigs were going great. That elevated my confidence. And so then from the money I'd made from that, I was like, hmm, what should I buy for the next set of tour dates? And then it was like, right. And so I just slowly, slowly started building it and experimenting. And sometimes I still get it wrong, but on the whole, and I like to do it myself. Like I don't work with stylists as much now, unless it's about, as you say, mm. fitting, how something fits um, and how to find that. Or like when I had the idea of I wanted to wear a gold headband crown, like I'd be like, uh, Denny, where does one <laughs> find this? But now I like to put it together because then it feels mm. more sincere to me. So it feels like you have more ownership of your style in a way. Yeah, and I think, you know, you miss what you lose, don't you? And so I think having that time of losing it, even though it did... And even now, like, I've spoke to you about it off microphone where it's like, it still affects my confidence. Be like, should I wear this? Or do people still be like, who does he think he is? Whereas now it makes me feel... And I love, like, putting the outfit together. That's why I have that separate rail from my wardrobe. Because then I look at the week and go... You're going to have a great week. Dress for the week you want. Do you know what I mean? It's such a mood of... I've sit there and and the other thing is I can be quite scruffy like if I don't have to leave the house. I'm totally hoodie and joggers. Like if I don't need to go anywhere. (laughs) Um, 
and but I, obviously that is not something that makes you feel good but there are days when it's like right well because then you was doing this day I was like well you know we are on a, like a, a video call so it's it's all about the headwear so I'm going to put the crown on um <laughs> and it just elevates your day all of a sudden like you're ready to take on the day and there are days when I've walked into a run through being like oh should I wear Stephen Bailey like the performer or should I just go in being like oh you've run through da 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 and um oh for those listening a run through is like an audition for comedians and I'm always like no go in and every time I've gone in not afraid of what I'm wearing I've got the job and every time I felt a bit of a pansy about it being like oh should I be wearing this just for a little office run through it's never gone my way yeah I did that took me way too long to cotton on to that I'd go and do these run throughs as you say which is pretending to do a panel show in a boardroom to board interns sipping diet cokes with an eye like a raised eyebrow and I would just dress normally because usually I was coming down from Manchester anyway and then I was like do you know what they're booking me for everything so I'm just going to dress like I would dress if I got the job and I started to get the job yeah I remember auditioning for something recently and I ended up getting the job and I but I went in in that way where I was like I'd got all these new blouses and stuff from over Christmas and then I got a few new simple suits and I was like this this is what I'd wear if I got this job and I went in and one of the questions they asked at the end of it so they were laughing and I was like this has gone really great and one of the questions they asked which I really took note to was oh do you always dress like this and I was like Oh, pretty much, yeah. And I, I was like, isn't that interesting? I wonder if that was part of the sale yeah. of it, do you know? Yeah, totally. What is your relationship with shopping? When it comes to clothes or makeup, like, do you go very often? Is it fun to you? Is it difficult? Like, where would you go shopping? Would you do it all online or do you love a little mooch around, a little try on? I hate doing online shopping, actually. Unless it's something that I can't... If, unless it's something I've, I've visualised in my head being like, oh, this would be a really cool outfit. And so I knew what I needed and I didn't know where to get it from, i.e. the crown, then I would get that online. <laughs> um, but otherwise, I like going. I like seeing things in person. I am a fan of a dressing room. The only thing I feel that I am and maybe a bit hypocritical in that sense, is when I buy the quote-unquote girls' tops. Because obviously you're in the ladies' department, you've got the ladies' dressing rooms. Why are you taking that top from the ladies' dressing room to the male dressing room? That makes me feel really, really awkward. So for that now, it's like I know I'm a size 14 and I just grab that and I try it on at home. Um, But I would say ladies' wear... I haven't bought ladies wear, I don't think, in person. I think I've only ever bought that online. Really? Unless I'm forgetting something, I think I've only ever bought that online. And I think that is because it's, I don't, I mean, I don't know why clothes have to be gendered. I do not know why clothes have Mm. to be gendered. Like I should be able to walk it, like next to the men's, men's suits, there should be some high heels and some pussy bow blouses. Do you know? Mm. I, I really think that because that is and it I'm like I say I'll happily walk out on stage in that outfit and I feel very confident and there's not one bit of me that doesn't feel confident wearing that but the the transaction of buying 
what is deemed ladies department stuff makes me feel sick like makes me feel sick like with makeup if I know what I'm getting and I don't need to try it I'll probably make a fuss like be like I wonder if Jessica will like this for her birthday do you know <laughs> stuff like that like on the phone but um that's only if it's like smash and grab mm. um and even still a lot of the makeup I get if like I say if I know I'm gonna get it to save just the whole it's that like I say it's an awkward transaction of being like because the minute they say who's this for it's like oh god um and so with makeup if I know what I want I'll get Nicole to get it me and she just posts it to me um but then with the boys clothes I really enjoy a wander around town for that that's so interesting because I always think of you as being and I'm not saying you aren't these things but like so empowered in your own skin and your own sense of expression but it just shows you that the world can still make someone like you feel like there's an otherness to you yeah in terms of makeup in terms of clothing do you know what it is as well as like I, I really hate having to explain myself like I don't need you to take the shine off this purchase that's going to make me feel so empowered later on by these weird questions do you know Mm. I, i just find it it it's yeah it's more just i think it's a lack of patience and just like the awkwardness and that feeling of going i have to answer this away so you feel all right with it yeah yeah it's dehumanizing isn't it it's literally the the word for it yeah and half the time do you know like when they're when they're going is this for you it's like i'm covered in a face of makeup now do you know what i'm in there like i very rarely leave the house without like tinted moisturizer a bit of eyebrow and a bit of mascara on so it's read between the lines babe (laughs) yeah come on but it's like be like me saying to them at the counter did you mean to come in that orange do you know i would never (laughs) like i like to experiment i like to ex treat myself a bit like an art project especially when it's on stage and I think the only thing I I'm would always like to make like raise awareness about is being like these awkward interactions like if a boy is in a makeup like don't make them feel weird about it do you know like yeah I remember once wandering through Soho trying to find an independent place do you know just being like I wonder if there's like a gay makeup store yeah god there should I don't be, know if they, there is but I should make them an absolute fortune yeah and and you know what? I've seen it happen before where I think with my partner it's happened where, because he's very glamorous with what he likes yeah. to wear. Um, and they've gone, oh, is this for you? Uh, to th- as a joke. And he's like, yep. Yeah. And then they don't know what to do because, you know, nine out of ten men are like, no, obviously not. It's for my partner because I'm not gay. Um, and he's like, yes, I, I like beautiful things. <laughs> and they just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but they're wrong. They're yeah. They're the ones like trying to desperately hold on to these things that mean nothing, that are all constructed, that pink is for a girl and blue's for a boy and, you know, skirts are for women and all this kind of stuff is just nonsense and it takes away so much of the fun about fashion. Like, most little boys love dressing up and putting on dresses and, you know, because they're fun. Like, it's sumptuous. I am... It's really weird that, like, I feel like I have to make, give an answer to make someone feel comfortable, even though they don't give a shit that they're making me feel 
so uncomfortable. You know, they're not thinking about their reaction, then you have to think about that. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, is it that we're all too judgy? Is it that we're too stuck in these, like, gender, such gender roles where it's like, I've had people tell me before where I've been in for a meeting about a TV show and then they've, that whole meeting where I'm there to try and get a job, they've gone, do you know, the whole office has been discussing if we prefer your hair curly or straight. And it's like, well, part of me feels like <laughs> if you're paying my bills, you can tell me which way to wear it, eh? But I don't yeah. know why <laughs> you've <laughs> wasted my time. And it's like, sometimes I do it curly. I like it both ways as well. Like, so sometimes I'll do it curly, especially if it's got a bit longer. I prefer it curly. But sometimes for me... I just prefer, I like the tidiness of like when I've like done the, the quiff and after a fresh haircut. Love and it. I think if I was going to say a wedding or a photo shoot, I'd definitely go more quiffy. But for the rest of the time, it's like the curls are fun. Mm, they are. There's a real sense of fun. But I couldn't it. believe it was a conversation. Do you know, be like. It's so rude as well that they think that they can have it about people that they are like presume because they don't necessarily know about like you and your relationship with your gender identity to be male so because they wouldn't go i don't think they would go to me we've just been discussing we prefer you in a high neck rather than a low cut top (laughs) do you know what i mean they just wouldn't say it or even something about like oh no we preferred we've seen a picture of when you're blonde and it looked better then they just wouldn't have that conversation so to be like for ha- to have your appearance up for debate like that is really awful. Yeah, I remember I remember saying to my agent like that day, I feel like, I feel very strange about this because on one hand, they're talking about you, which is good. But on the other hand, I'm like, why are they not talking about my humour or my intelligence or <laughs> all the things I want to be speaking about? <laughs> like, they're not going to give me a show. But Stephen investigates curly hair versus straight hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're, um, I've seen you wear stuff with like you've got that great rainbow sequin t-shirt that you wear which is like really fabulous and also is it's political so anytime there's a rainbow on a queer person it's a political act isn't it is that something you're aware of when you dress when I saw that rainbow t-shirt I was like oh, yes please for all just for all the right reasons like to be A, out and proud. B, I just thought it was amazing. I could imagine, and I was like, I'm going to buy the size even bigger so then it can like almost look a bit dressy over a pair of skinny jeans with a nice boo. And I remembered wearing that when I did Celebrity Coach Trip and everyone was like, oh, are we going to wear like a pride parade? Are we going to, pride? and it was like, no, we're going to the next stop on the coach. But, you know, just be like, <laughs> it was once again, it was one of those things where everyone had to comment, but I've now got to the point of not giving a shit about that. And I think that is the political statement. And I think, I, d- I don't aim to do politics out of it. I would say what I am aiming to do more, to be more conscious, I guess, is I am now, which I think you're getting to, is trying to be steer away from like fast fashion get things that can last for years like i used to guilty as sin but was poor you know i would buy a cheap 10 pound you know high street pair of jeans which is no good for the world they would not last very long whereas now i do invest in jeans do you know Mm. um so i'll spend that bit more so they last longer it took me ages and i'm not gonna lie to you it was the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that actually taught me that. 
Oh my God, I can't wait for that to be a pull-out quote on this podcast. (laughs) Did they really? Go on, tell us the story behind that then. Because, you know, they're they're obviously talking about Chanel and all these things I could probably never afford, like Louis Vuitton luggage and all that stuff. And they were saying, there was just a comment being like, but people think we do it to be vacuous. And they were like, and honey, sometimes we are. But they were like, but actually everything I own lasts longer. I've had some of these bags for like 30 years or more. Like some of these bags have been passed down. Like um, they got one of them out where it was like, I think it was a Chanel clutch. And they were like, you know, this was my mum's mum. And it's still in this amazing condition because it was made properly. Mm. Um, And so like that kind of opened my eyes to it going, oh. And at first it was a shallow side going, well, I'd like to own some Chanel. So if it, if it lasts that long... <laughs> do it but then it made me start thinking going but actually you i bet if you looked in your wardrobe you've got a lot of stuff that you've not worn in the past 12 months maybe not you but like people Mm. listening and i certainly do so then i was like if you got rid of that and just had everything you want like you're doing your bit for the world but also it will last and like my mum's and grams expensive coat is still being worn by me and is still in pristine condition so just little things like that and um, Sarah Jessica Parker, another one, she had a shoe line and people were slagging her because her shoes were expensive. But she was like, she got them made in Italy by an Ita- Italian manufacturer. They weren't s- dead overpriced. It, w- it was just that typical thing of it wasn't just a celebrity whacking their name on something cheap that will only last you less than a month, probably. It was proper Italian leather and it will last you a lifetime. She was really like, if you bought one pair of these shoes you won't need another pair. This is just, this Mm. pair will see you through for good occasions and, you know, day-to-day wear. And and I was like, oh. And so then just started looking into it a bit more. And don't get me wrong, I'm still guilty. I have not got a full wardrobe that I'd be proud of going, look, I'm doing my bit for the world. But I'm getting there, do you know? And and I think it is more Mm. of an investment when you get those pieces. Totally, yeah. And, And I think that having, being someone who's like, newly wealthy I guess is the phrase um suddenly I feel like I have access to stuff I have more money than ever before to buy fast fashion and I'm trying to go no hold on where's my money has always counted but I didn't have choice before and having more money has given me choice so where am I choosing to put my money and that's become important to me no I think that's right I mean because we've all got to be doing our bit the global warming is real people (laughs) um and so (laughs) finally someone said it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it is like and it like it's for me it's like like you said i have more money now than when i was working at sainsbury's and stuff like that and i remember when i'd work at sainsbury's and you know you'd get your paycheck and it felt like so much at the time that i'd run and didn't have bills or anything grown up i was still a mum and dad and i'd run to like top man and buy everything and it wouldn't last like it It would not part of part of it's because of me because like i was 18 19 i'd be up the stripper pole i'd be having <laughs> vodka cranberry that does not come out vodka cranberry does not come out <laughs> so i'd just be replacing everything on a loop whereas you know my first thing when i got into this comedy was i'm going to prove a point and I'm going to buy my first home through comedy. And no one's going to help me. And you know, like when your parents are like, I mean, my parents got offered a lot of money. They was not going to give a deposit. But you know, when they're like, you know, well, we'll buy you this. And I was like, no, I want to do this 
the whole house, I want to do just me. Um, but now the next stage, now I'm here, is like I do want to sort out that wardrobe. I want to be more thoughtful. And I really... And also, you know, I want to be a bit Beverly Hills housewife, quite frankly. A bit shallow, but a bit thoughtful. So it's like, I want Chanel to have Chanel. But also, it is good for the world. It's good for the planet. That's, if that's how you... That's what you tell yourself, babe. That's fine. Now we've, yeah. now we've fixed climate change and um, gender in shops. Um, do you see your style evolving, changing as you get older? I do actually. I think I'm got. I th- I can see myself becoming as I get older more of a gentleman. Like where I used to, I like I used to love like you say bold colors, pastels. I am. I really do enjoy myself now in like like my favorite group uh, suit. Sorry, my favorite suit is like a grey double breasted suit. So it's very very simple with a nice black brogue, and then I like. A, maybe something to pop under it. So I can see myself going a bit more like, you know, English gentleman. I want like um, like a nice trilby countryside hat. I want, um, my friend Denny actually has, do you know like, um, I don't know what it's called, like a clutch handbag. You know, like it basically looks like a sheet of A4, but you can put like your phone and yeah. stuff in it. Yeah, like, clutch. Yeah, clutch. Like, I think I'm going to start carrying one because it's like, I don't like my pockets always bulging and you can just shove it on the side. Um, so I can see it evolving more like that. And I think it comes from A, confidence is one side of it, the clutch handbag. And the other side of it is maturity as well. Just being like, I think I'm ready for something a bit more simple and classic love it i can't wait for the clutch i'm so excited i've got loads of vintage clutches that i used to wear have on nights out and i don't go so when i'm in manchester i'll go through them and send you pictures and if you want any you can have them oh fab that'd be great thanks yeah i've got some good i've got a really good oversized one from um a vintage red leather one from paris that's really nice i'll send you pictures oh that'd Um, go with my uh i got one of the red berets because of emily in paris (laughs) yeah (laughs) Is um is there an item of clothing that you can just always see yourself wearing? So I've got this oversized black shirt. So it's it's from the woman's department. I'm doing air quotes, people. It's from the woman's department and it's called like a boyfriend shirt. And I really love that for once again, one of those simple... Jack, if you ran me, were like, Stephen, I'm in Manchester. Let's grab a quick glass of wine before I'm off to go and record this thing. It's one of those things where I'd... I'd throw it on I'd feel dead fancy but it's dead easy and I just feel like I just look dead fit in it (laughs) yeah that's a great answer are there any um because I've started noticing so I'm only in my early 30s but I've started noticing trends coming back you know when you're growing up and and your parents be like I remember that the first time around you're like what I don't know what you're saying to me (laughs) and now I'm seeing girls going like 90s um, are there any trends that you're hoping never come back? I kind of hope skater boy vibe does not come back. <laughs> As in Avril Lavigne skater boy, Av- or you mean where we all wore those baggy trousers that soaked up the rainwater and were all ripped at the back because they were too long? Yeah, those ones, like the the baggy jeans, and they always had like there was like a keychain and 
a very long keychain like that because what i found was no one ever knew what shoe to wear with it it never looked good (laughs) and flares i feel like flares came back when we were maybe in college flared jeans and obviously that they'd already were like 70s made a comeback I really hope we don't see them again. Do you know where you couldn't see people's footwear? Not for Oh, me. flares are on their way, babe, if they're not here already. Oh, no, I can't. They're, they're coming back. They're, that's going to make me anxious. Get used to it. <laughs> well, because there was the 70s and they came back in like the 90s. Yeah. Kind of Britpop boys wore cord flares, didn't they? And so there was a little bit of that when we were like growing up. And and then, yeah, there was more of a bootleg. And I'm sure that flares... I've seen it in a, in a few fashion mags that the flare is back oh no do you um (laughs) out of interest do you have like different kind of fashion styles for different occasions um yeah i guess for stage i have two i have like stage doing the clubs and then i have stuff that i would wear for uh, when I did like an a musical show or like an all killer no filler where we go really big and then I have like day wear filming where I always have sequins on somewhere but I can't be in a leotard or I can't yeah. be in a little sequin cocktail dress so it's got to be like a bomber jacket or a shirt with some embellishment so yeah I have different layers of my brand in inverted commas what about if you were going to like a 30th I don't wear any sequins um, because it's work wear. Um, yeah. It would be like wearing those, you know, when, you, when you're when you a kid and you wear those black polyester trousers to school and then you're wearing for the school disco with yeah. a different top. Um, so, yeah, I love big, bold patterns still and bright colours. And, uh, yeah, it'll never be, just to keep it easy for tax deductions as well, it'll never be anything that I've worn on stage. And loads of vintage if I, like, I love charity shops, so nearly all vintage if I can. And I've got I've bought a few little Vivian Westwood dresses over the years that um I probably don't fit into at the moment because lockdown. She's been good to me. <laughs> um, okay, what outfit would you want to be buried in? I would definitely go for like what I consider classic Stephen, and almost like a fuck you to that producer. I'd love like the burnt orange suit, the white shirt, and the big oversized black velvet dicky bow because that feels me at my best and at my happiest and although i'd be dead i'd really hope everyone was enjoying the volivants <laughs> yeah i think you'd look do you know what? it's such a good uh good outfit you have to be like open casket <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. has to be open casket <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. i'd be like nicole are you available to do my uh makeup on my death day <laughs> Stephen, I will never cease to be inspired and educated and empowered by Stephen. I genuinely think it takes real courage, especially as a working class lad, to try and speak up about queer representation in the media. Um, And I'm so proud that he does, but I wish he didn't have to. I mean, I think about it a lot, that it must be exhausting enough to live as a queer person in this country. And then being brave enough to put his head above the parapet to just try and make things better for everyone is just incredible and one of the reasons why I love Stephen so much. That and the outfits, obviously. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that episode. And, um, yeah, I'm sure you just... If you didn't before, you definitely love him as much as I do now. 
had some really lovely messages as well. Jessica got in contact and said um, of our Aja Baba episode, absolutely loving this app. And I totally agree with Aja about knowing the basics of how to sew in men clothes. Yeah. She says, I did two years of compulsory home economics in high school and hated it because the boys at a brother's school didn't have to do it. I'm still a raging feminist, but wow, those needle and thread skills have come in handy. Do you know what? It is never not going to be useful to put a button back on or mend a hole if you're like me and you chunk through leggings every sort of six to eight minutes then it's useful to be able to stitch them up again um angie said of Arja's episode i really enjoyed it definitely got the brain juices going and i purchased Arja's book which is arriving on thursday cannot wait thank you kiri and co for continuing to put out smashing episodes every week oh i'm so glad you got her book um i really have been like it's like real brain food and like you f- I feel like it's you know when you have a smoothie and you're like I feel like I'm a better person for just having this um even though you're like yeah I'd have to stop knocking back three <laughs> three bottles of Prosecco every week to make that happen but that's how I felt reading her book I was like this is just knowing this stuff will will make the planet a better place and because it's giving me all the tools to make the right decisions so if you haven't bought consumed I do do recommend it and um, thank you so much for these messages it's really galvanizing um to hear that you guys are enjoying it and makes sitting on the floor of my cupboard getting a dead leg having long chats and um, absolutely worth it i say that it's absolutely worth it just to chat to these people anyway and um, if you want to write to us you can email who are you wearing pod at gmail.com and you can follow at who are you wearing pod on the gram now, I've just got time to sing about an indie business that I love and inspired by all the things I love about Stephen um, and his original love for the slogan tea. I'm going to talk about Philip Normal. So the eponymous label is the creation of Labour councillor and activist Philip Normal. And I'm so deeply in love with just how camp and kitsch and stylish and clever the clothes are. Oh, there's so much good stuff. I've bought so many presents from there. So from Corrie-inspired T-shirts to Trans Lives Matter totes, Philip's pitch-perfect references and sense of humour are all over the range. Um, And I want to talk in particular about the iconic La T-shirt celebrating the catchphrase of the It's a Sin gang. And it was released in collaboration with the Terence Higgins Trust. Um, I think you can get it in black and white and there's a limited edition pink one. Um, so as of the end of August, this T-shirt has raised over half a million pounds for the Terence Higgins Trust, which is obviously one of the leading charities, which deals with HIV and sexual health. So over half a million quid. Oh, I absolutely love it. Going to a brilliant, brilliant charity. Obviously, there's that range, but check out everything else as well. There's some just some banging duff stuff there's a lat t-shirt but in that range there's a great one that says undetectable which i love because obviously we all love the use of the word hun and undetectable as well reminding people that you equals you so reminding everybody that you know if you're living with hiv and you're taking your medication that's it you don't you won't pass it on and you can lead a full and healthy life with something that is um i think not enough people know about so of course anything that helps to raise money 
um, for the Terence Higgins Trust who help raise awareness and educate people on this um, is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And yeah, just the sense of humour and stylishness of how they do about it absolutely reminded me of Stephen. And so we will be back next Monday and I'm chatting to a brilliant actor and a really snappy dresser. Getty images all over it looking sharp as hell. It is Kyle Smith Bino. So see you then. Who Are You Wearing is produced by Joe Southard. The artwork is by Mary Phillips. And the music is by Annie Glass. This has been a Little Wonder production. Right, yeah, so you just just to say it again. I don't know how else to explain a podcast to a ghost. Just explain it again. Uh... You listen to it, and we talk to people we like. James Acaster. Yes. Sophie Duker. Yeah. Nish Kumar. Yes. Rosie Jones. Yes. Izzy Sutty. Yes. Darren Harriet. Yeah. There's loads. You listen to them. They tell a spooky story that they've heard about Spooktown. Some of them are horrible little liars. Yeah. It's that simple. I don't understand how you're not getting it. It's really rude. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, it's not a ghost. It's just a smudge on the mirror. Oh. I still don't really know why I didn't get it, but... <sighs> I thought you explained it really well, Ed. Thank you, Kat. Welcome to Spooktown. Hey, it's wherever you get your podcasts. No one's judging. Wherever you get your podcasts, you bloody listen. If you want.